0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the UK Law Weekly Podcast with me, your host, Marcus Cleaver. This week we're going to be looking at the case of Telereal Trillium and Hewitt. And the citation for this case is 2019 UKSC 23. And the case that we are looking at today examines the use of business rates, which are a form of taxation collected by local authorities in relation to non-domestic properties. Say that you own a shop or some other non domestic building, then a valuation is made and that goes onto a rating list. The valuation is an estimate of the annual rent that would be paid on the property exactly two years before the list is established, and this is known as the antecedent valuation date. Tax is then paid to the local authority based on this valuation. For large, valuable non domestic buildings, the tax would be high. For smaller buildings in areas that are maybe not that affluent, the tax would be low. As you can imagine, there may be disputes about the valuations that are arrived at, and so these can be mediated by the Valuation Office Agency before they end up in front of a specialist valuation tribunal. That is what happens in the proceedings that we are dealing with today, and in fact the appellant, Hewitt, is a valuation officer. Of much more interest is the property itself. Mexford House is in the North Shore area of Blackpool, and since it was built in 1972, it was occupied by Her Majesty's Revenue and Customs. A non-domestic rating list for the Blackpool Borough Council area came into force on the 1st of April 2010. Although by that point HMRC had vacated the building as part of its workforce change programme, and so the property was empty. Our valuation officer Hewitt originally valued the property at £490,000. The reasoning behind this was that there were other office buildings in the area that were of a similar age and quality. These were occupied at the time by public sector tenants at a similar rental rate. All of this was disputed by Telereal Trillium, who are a property company that own Mexford House. The question went to the Valuation Tribunal, who, in stark contrast, reduced the value to £1 yes that's right one single pound sterling on the basis that by the time of the antecedent valuation date the decision had already been taken to vacate the property and there was no demand in the market for office buildings such as these an appeal was launched by the valuation officer hewitt to the upper tribunal where there was actually a full rehearing on both the facts and the law this gave the valuation officer an opportunity to revise his opinion And in cross-examination, he accepted that he was not able to identify any substantive real-world interest in the property from prospective tenants. But because of this interest in comparable properties, he still gave a final assessment of £370,000. At this point in the proceedings, the two sides got together and agreed that there was no dispute between them on the facts of the case they both knew that there was no real person who would be prepared to actually pay rent on the property in the real world. Instead, the disagreement between the parties was a question of law, i.e. when the valuation is made, does the hypothetical tenant pay rent in accordance with the general demand in the market at the time, or the real demand for the property in question? If it is the former, then the valuation should be £370,000. If it is the latter, then the valuation should be £1. The upper tribunal decided that the answer should be based on general demand in the market, and therefore set the rate at £370,000, in line with the valuation officer. After the Court of Appeal disagreed and reset the amount back to £1, the dispute moved up to the Supreme Court, which is where we pick it up. In the end, the justices were split by a slim majority of three to two on this question, with the majority favouring a view that looks at the market conditions and therefore the valuation of £370,000 made by Hewitt. The lead judgment was handed down by Lord Carnworth and looked to distinguish this particular case from others that were similar. For example, in Tomlinson and Plymouth Argyle Football Club from 1960, the failure to find a tenant was because of the nature of the property a football stadium, rather than through any general lack of demand in the market. As a result, that authority is not relevant, but on the other hand, the 1893 case of London County Council and Parish of Erith Kent, Churchwardens and Overseers of the Poor, was cited with approval for offering up the test of, quote, whether the occupation is of value, end quote. That value is contrasted with property that is, quote, Struck with sterility in any and everybody's hands. This is an interesting concept in itself and one that features within the guidance used by the Valuation Office Agency in the context of deciding whether a property is obsolete. Factors that arise when making this decision include whether the property is occupied on the valuation date and whether other similar nearby properties are occupied as well. Lord Carnworth then goes on to conclude from this that the occupation is not however relevant when it comes to making the actual valuation because this process naturally implies that there already is a willing tenant who is in a position to negotiate rent. With that being the case the valuation can make reference to other properties near to Meigsworth House and so the majority concluded that in general reference can be made to market demand. Meanwhile, the dissenting opinion was delivered by Lord Briggs and ultimately takes a very different approach that focuses more on the reality of the situation around Mexford House rather than abstracted market demand. As a result, the reasoning used by the minority is quite distinct throughout and begins by not simply being satisfied that there are comparable properties in the area that are occupied. Lord Briggs goes on to say that the next step is to ask whether those other tenants would willingly relocate. For a smaller but still substantive rent. You can imagine this sort of question in the real world because say you were asked to move to the house or flat next door to where you currently are. This would be a bit inconvenient all things considered but if a bit of money was taken off the rent or your mortgage payments then it would probably end up being worthwhile. That is what is happening here but instead of being happy to move in next door both parties are agreed that absolutely nobody would want to move in to the comparable premises. Of course, this is rather unusual, but certainly not impossible when you consider that this is a business property in an economically deprived area. When this situation arises, the nominal rent of £1 should be preferred over the artificially inflated sum adjudged by the valuation officer. So that is what the justices of the Supreme Court think, but what conclusion should we draw ourselves? Well, both sides make compelling cases that draw on the current law, as well as solid logical reasoning, so it was not surprising to see that the judges were split, and it wouldn't surprise me if I found out that you, the listening audience, happened to be split down the middle as well. Perhaps we can review the case by thinking about it in the context of its impact on the real world. When Mexford House was originally valued at £1 by the tribunal, there was outrage in the local press because of the impact on the area. Remember that this valuation is linked to business rates, and so the decision potentially represented a loss of future taxable income for the area, and with it being backdated, it was also a significant financial hit for the local authority in the immediate term too. Head of the local town hall, Councillor Simon Blackburn, described the original decision as, quote, a kick in the teeth. Meanwhile, the head of the local federation for small businesses, Suzanne Johnson, provided a more useful analysis by pointing out that, quote, Blackpool Council is having to deal with big cuts to its budget, so any loss of income if some businesses don't have to pay will be felt, end quote. Interestingly, there has also been a development in this case outside of the courts at about the same time that the decision from the Supreme Court was handed down. It was recently announced that Mexford House would be transformed into residential housing, and I think that this can be taken in one of two ways. On the one hand, it does show that there is at least some demand for the property and, if used properly, can be productive for the local area without requiring an almost 100% reduction on its value. On the other hand, the property is being repurposed and, as non-commercial land, will no longer be subject to business rates anyway. For me, this only seems to prove the point that was being made by the minority. As a set of offices, it simply wasn't viable, and so the valuation at £1 annual rent was pretty spot on. While both sides make solid cases, it should always be preferable to found the law in economic and commercial reality instead of trying to manufacture a hypothetical tenant when no real person would look at the building twice. This might have certain disadvantages for the local economy in terms of lost rates, but those views that were expressed by local officials were fairly myopic and ignored larger economic realities. In general, if a person or company is having to pay large amounts of tax on an obsolete property, then they will try and get rid of it as soon as possible, or may even legally abandon the property and leave it derelict. Thus, the local authority will not end up with much more money, and abandoned properties are certainly not a good thing for long-term development of an area. On the other hand, if the taxable amount is left at zero, then the current owner will have more time to develop the property themselves, or may be able to sell the property at a decent price to someone else who has their own ideas for the land in question all of these benefits have a solid basis in economic reality, and it is a shame that the majority in the Supreme Court could not establish its own decision in this reality to offer hope for Blackpool and other areas across the UK that have suffered as a result of the downturn. Well, thank you very much for tuning into this podcast episode, and thanks as ever to bensound.com who provide the theme music, If you do get a chance to leave a rating or a review of the podcast, then that is always very much appreciated, whether that's on iTunes or some other podcast app. In the meantime, I'll be back with another case next week. So for now, bye!